You're listening to the Invent Her podcast, conversations with women who have taken matters into their own hands and created careers that they love. If you're feeling disconnected at work, I'm hopeful that these conversations with inspiring women will help us all find our way in whatever industry we want to be in, or even find the courage to take the leap of faith to quit the day job and go out on our own. So, let's get into today's episode. Welcome to episode six of the Invent Her podcast. I am your host, Hannah Stocking, and this week I get to chat to Emma Lanigan, who is a marketing and mindset coach. Um, We talked all about creating and achieving results, setting goals, um, finding a sense of purpose in both your work and your life, and how that all works together. Um, We talked about the idea of empowerment and empowered living, which is a concept that Emma has kind of owned and created herself. Um, We talk about energy, uh, creating journeys. There is so much information in this episode to soak up and I think you're going to really, really enjoy it. So um, yeah, let's get into my interview with Emma Lanigan. So I'm Emma Lanigan and um, my business has evolved massively actually but the core parts of it is that um, I work in a very holistic way um, with business owners um, particularly in their life but also in their business. So I do this through coaching, I'm I'm a marketing mentor and I'm also a Reiki teacher which um, in another word would be that it helps fuel that energy into life and business so okay the very stop core, you. yeah what does that mean totally the the energy side is kind of like you have a big cookery pot and my life has been built up of being a marketing manager and a consultant so that goes in that pot so understanding a vision creating a plan and making it into a reality and getting results has been a really natural course for me so it Oh, 2008 so 12 years ago I had a massive massive life change and decided that I wanted to go and do something with my hands instead of tip tapping um, I wanted to I wanted to learn more about life and I went into holistic therapy so I, I trained as a massage therapist and started my Reiki journey um, and learning about um, working with I'm going to use the term as spiritual energy because it'll be the easiest way to explain it and define it for now And then I also trained as an NLP practitioner and coach, which is very much about language and how we communicate. So put that in the pot as well, stir it all up. And I'd worked in corporate environments, I'd worked in agency environments. um, And then I found myself setting up my own business. And over the years, um, being able to work with other small businesses um, and business owners who who want that marketing insight, that the big companies can get because they had people like me working in them. And I was like, well, I've got all this knowledge. I can help these people. And it's the same with actually when you're running a business, we'll come on to this. I'm sure that a lot of it is about you as a person and you learn so much about yourself when you set up a business. Yeah. So all of that experience of learning about how we work on an emotional level and a spiritual level what our fears are that self-talk that goes on in our head all of that I was able to then start helping my clients with 
Mm. And then the energy side of it, very much allowing somebody to feel that sense of calm, sense of purpose, and really reconnect with who they are. And when you've got that clarity and you put that into yourself, and then that goes into your business, it becomes a much, much more holistic and enjoyable process. Absolutely. And I think it's, it's all about that positive mindset, isn't it? Because if you go into something thinking, oh, this isn't going to work, or I'm not very good at this, you won't be very good at that. And it's not going to work because you're already in that mindset. So it's almost flipping that around to make something work for you. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, I, and that's where the sort of the NLP side of things, neuro linguistic programming came in for me. I'd had insights into it when I was um, a marketing manager many, many years ago. And it kind of like, it pushed some buttons for me. And I didn't understand at the time what it was pushing. But then when I went out on my own, an opportunity came up to, to train as a practitioner. And I was like, I've got to do this. I have no mm. idea where it's going to come. But what it does is it's a process of helping you. For me, it was a process exactly what a marketing process, planning process is, but for an individual. And okay. I was like, okay, so I need to, it takes you through identifying and self-awareness of who you are, what you're thinking, what you're feeling, what do you hear, what do you see? Mm. So really looking at your life in a whole different perspective um, that then enables you to choose to filter better. You know, like when you can't make a decision and you're like, do I do it this way? Do I do it that way? Do I work with that person? Do I work with that? I don't know about this. And but when you have that sense of self-awareness, which again, from an energetic point of view, through Ricky, that helps sort of accelerate that massively. Mm. You, you have so much more, well, I, I talk very much about empowerment and empowered living within my work. And that's what it is. When you have self-awareness, you have the ability to be, um, to feel empowered. So you, whatever you're doing within your, your work or, or your business, you, you have so much more joy and freedom from it. Mm, absolutely. Um, so how do you use the holistic and Reiki side of your business when you are coaching a corporate company? Because in my mind, those two don't go together, but obviously they do. So how, how, does, that, how does that come that's, about? Yeah, that's really interesting because actually I don't work with corporate organisations. So in a marketing context, I work with smaller businesses. And yes, you could call them a corporate, but actually they come from a very human based um, mm. projection. So as a business owner, um, a, mark, um, a managing director or CEO, whatever they that their label, they're still human. Mm. So when they approach the work to work with me on their business, they're very much coming across as, open to understanding how um the greater insights that i work with actually as a as a marketing professional are, are much deeper so the connectivity with the client or the customer and that journey becomes much more enhanced because they're working with somebody like me who knows that journey mm. but then can take it to a slightly different level most of the clients i work with as i say are they're smaller businesses or they are that transition from um, corporate career to setting up um, a business that they've had lodged in their mind for some time. They've probably had quite a senior role in a previous like job and, mm. and then said, actually, this is what I want to do because whether it's freedom or family life, whatever it is that they're looking for. But often when they make that leap, or maybe it's because they've taken a break actually for, for children, because I, I do get that quite a lot too. 
I also actually, I'm going to mention, because I'm talking about women here, but I do work with men mm. and, and men in exactly the same position where they've maybe worked within a, a, a company role for some time and then they also are transitioning out. And at all levels, they are, um, it's personal. It's a personal mm. journey. You just can't disconnect it. And I think you can work with somebody who's, um, a marketing mentor and literally works on that professional journey but if they ignore the personal journey through it then there's a big bit of the business that's going to be missing and that's what I've learned over the years is that mm. when you can bring yourself fully into the business then it becomes a much more sustainable and enjoyable as I mentioned journey because it's your work and your business is part of you. Now, if you're looking to sell it, it's a totally different journey. Yeah. It's still part of you. Yeah. Um, so you just approach it differently. Have you noticed any differences between your male and female clients as to how uh, receptive they are to, to the work that you do? It's very interesting. So, yeah, yeah it's really good. So women um, really want to learn, uh, mm. really, really like, yeah, bring it on. We'll do the do the yeah. work. Um, so I set a lot of because um, it's an empowering journey. I, I ask my clients to do work in between seeing me. Uh, men seem to get their results quicker, but they do less work. What do you mean by that? So the female clients will tend to do a lot more detail around the the tasks and they'll go away and really sort of embed into them um, mm. embrace it in a very different way men will take on board exactly what you're talking about is it um so at the coaching level and also the the direction if, if on a business level they understand that and they'll go away and action them but men work on a very different detail level which we're probably all quite aware of yeah. um, <laughs> and but also through this investment of time and, and, and transition, I find that they commit fully mm. and get the result fast. Mm, it's That's interesting, isn't it? For. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So women, women tend to make more of a, an experience out of it. And yeah, but men tend to, they'll work with the punchiness and the fastness of, of the process. Yeah. Yeah. That's interesting. Um, when you, when you have a client, say, who has been a CEO, a big corporate company, do you find it harder to coach somebody like that than somebody who's maybe new and hasn't particularly, you know, been high up in a company before? Do you, do you find them to be different to work with? No, because I think everybody's just literally an individual. Yeah. Um, everybody will have a slightly different... Um, it, doesn't, it, does, it really doesn't matter what kind of background you've had. And um, the influences that you will have had and experiences you will have had will have created wherever it is that you are now. And if there's issues that are blocking that path to embracing a new business or a new part of your life, um, it will be individual. And, it, you know, it really, to me, it doesn't really matter what that background journey is. Mm. We just work with what's there. Yeah. So talk me through your process. So if a client comes to you and says, I need your help, <laughs> what is your process with your clients from step one until you, until you finish working with them or do you finish working with them? 
yes so yeah so that they're really good questions so again everybody's journey is slightly different and i don't have um here's a box and a package that you will go step by step with and um, the first place that i start most people tend to either find me um through my website or through mainly facebook mm. um and will contact me and we'll have a we'll arrange a call we have a conversation because the best way to start any journey like this is one to make sure I understand their outcomes mm. and where they are but also that they understand how I work um, I think sometimes there's a bit of a misconception with them um, with the coaching and mentoring space is that um, it sounds really cruel and harsh but I'm not my client's friend mm. um, I'm here to take them on a journey and I I do create beautiful relationships with my with my clients. It's it's a lovely, lovely journey. But ultimately, I'm there. For, they're they're taking me on to do a job for them, and mm. that's what I'm absolutely committed to. So that first initial stage is really important. And then after that, we depending whether it's more of a, a marketing mentoring approach, and so more about the business, or if it's more about the mindset. So it's slightly different, but generally what we do is um, work on hourly 90 minute sessions. Sometimes we'll go a bit deeper dive and spend a bit more time. Obviously nowadays it's all online, um, but I, I do also sort of like have half days with, with clients as well. And then um, we work through at the pace that's right for them based on the outcomes that they want for their journey. Um, every client will come on at a different stage so it's you know some people need more space on the self-awareness some people might need more space on planning um, and that's sort of, I call it like the future vision and really getting that that sort of honed in other people have got it nailed and we we can move a bit further forward but ultimately through a personal and self journey um, depending on the depth and areas um, we tend to work quite quickly and it can be anywhere between sort of four to eight sessions. Um, if they're coming monthly, um, you're looking at four to eight months. Mm -hmm. If they come every other month, you're looking at a three to four month journey. It depends on the speed and the pace and whatever works for the individual. Um, then when we get to a stage that they have achieved that outcome, then basically that journey completes mm. um however what i do offer is that um hand holding check-in as they move forward because i think that's absolutely essential knowing that you know i, I had one client say um i've still got my stabilizers on <laughs> um, so <laughs> they wanted they wanted that sort of connection um so i've i've i've, I've evolved my business so i have a like a membership club where people can access me from a you know an ongoing journey, mm -hmm. but without having too much handholding, and then from a one-to-one -one level that they can still access me, um, and we can just continue as their journey unfolds. So it's um, yeah, it just depends on the the individual and and the outcome and and the business um, that's been been created or developed. Yeah. So do you have um, so if you're working with a client who needs to work on both the mindset and the marketing sort of side. Do you ever go in there and think we need to focus more on the mindset and, but they're maybe not that on board with that. Maybe they think it's more the marketing that they need to work on, not the mindset, but you think it's the mindset and not the marketing. Is there, is there ever a clash there? And um, how do you navigate that? I think when anybody puts themselves in that level of investment and space to grow themselves mm. or their business or both at the same time, 
they will have um, an awareness, even if there's some resistance to it, they will have an awareness that what they're thinking and feeling potentially is blocking that development. Mm -hmm. And um, whilst it may feel uncomfortable, um, most, and I'd say the majority of clients understand that it goes hand in hand. Mm -hmm. Um, And actually by working with somebody like myself who has the ability to work on the intervention level of releasing any of those limiting beliefs or fears or um, helping them work around the reframes of their their language within themselves will actually transform what goes on to happen in their business and accelerate it in a way because if you just focus on the business stuff and the individual mindset doesn't change Mm. that the results will crash and burn in the business and have you ever had to tell a client that you could no longer work with yeah yeah yeah, and you know it's I'm going to put it, it's not a nice feeling, but it's a great feeling because, you know, I'm very honest with all of my clients uh, from the day one of the conversation. If I don't feel that I can help them, then I won't. Um, And then also that when we start working together, they have an illusion of uh, or vision of what that is going to be for them. And actually they don't want to put the work in Mm. and then they start resisting saying, well, the change isn't happening or this isn't working or I've still got this problem and the the problem becomes repeated. So yes, um, in, in my position and my role, um, I have, I have the right and the, the honesty to share with them that actually maybe it's not the right time Mm. for them or it's not the right pathway for them. But, um, yeah it's it's been interesting it's mainly been more on the mindset actually where um people have resisted a certain element or mm. around mindset and they just um something that they won't personally let go of mm. and then that's where they either make the choice to continue to work with me and we mm-hmm. work deeper through the energy work which would help clear that or they leave and they they they, they either find their own way mm. um but yes it's a very interesting field out there actually because there's so much choice of different people you can work with yeah um and different ways you can learn because obviously you can watch and follow coaches and mentors and then Mm. start applying that through a self-coaching and mentoring way Mm. but actually when you work one-to-one with a mentor and coach it is quite a it is a massive commitment um and I know this because I've worked with coaches and mentors myself so you really have to show up and do the work if you want the results yeah it's a bit like going to the gym isn't it well yeah (laughs) tell me about it (laughs) um so what um types of businesses tend to you know are drawn to you is there is it kind of across the board or do you see a kind of trend with the the types of businesses I, I think it's interesting how, how we say it, the business that attracts because actually it's the individual. Mm. So they, it's the certain characteristics of the individual as a business owner that is more attracted to work with me as an individual. Yeah. And I think this is an element of market, marketing that's specifically changed over, I'd probably say the last five to eight years, but more so probably now in the last couple of years, people have really, really started to go, well, it's Mm -hmm. about me because you're putting yourself out there, depending on what type of business you've got on social media, 
people are connecting with you, your profile image, because the platforms request a profile image. And then you've got to follow through with the, what you say, how you mm. behave, how you come across on camera. Um, and there's still lots of people that still don't like doing that. So it's, it's um, yeah, very much about the individual and, and coming to me because they know that um, I have it from a business perspective, they've probably checked me out and done the research. I had some clients come to me and say, from a mindset point of view and said, we want to work with you because we've seen your marketing background. So we know that you get us as a business. Mm. Um, so I think, cause I have a, a strong commercial and corporate background that I have that level of insight to working in senior levels and environments and the thought processes that go on. I'm not an expert in psychology in any way, Mm. um, but being aware of that environment and the pressures that those individuals will have been in. Mm. And uh, I suppose to a degree, any level of um, understanding that you can have, real understanding um, helps the client move on a journey much more smoothly than somebody who really doesn't understand what they've been through. Mm. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, has well, I'm, so, I'm sure the answer is probably yes, but has any of your, have any of your clients really surprised you with how they've worked with you? So maybe there's somebody who's, who you thought would be amazing in the beginning and they've ended up not being that great or the other way around. So whether you thought, oh no, I don't know if this is going to work, but they've ended up being brilliant. I, I think there's a bit of a journey there anyway and I don't know if I'm the only coach because obviously it's not a question actually I've asked many other coaches or so perhaps should mm-hmm. um, I find that through a process of like that change and transformation within a client that at the beginning it can be all very high energy and great positivity this is what they want and they're moving forward and then you get into this real focused part of it and it feels good and you get in the that you can see that and hear that they're making those um, those shifts and things are landing or they're, they're adopting approaches that are really going to help them move forward. And then you'll get to a part just before the end and it's like the biggest wobble ever. And you sit there and go, oh no, what's going to happen? Yeah. <laughs> Where is this going to go? Are they backtracking? Um, it's loads of things. And then you work through it get to the last part and that last phase and it's like energy goes right back up again Mm. and um i've it's been absolutely lovely i mean it sounds terrible but with with the the self journeys when people end their journey working with me it's a choice and you know some people like to have that extra hand holding some people just go off and get on and enjoy their lives Mm. and you know what i find that the most beautiful reward of it because they don't need you anymore yeah you've done your job yeah yeah and you've done yeah. a good job because they don't feel like they they need you yeah yeah so i'm i'm pretty thorough in that way but yes definitely i've 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 felt those oh god where where yeah. is this gonna go is it actually gonna happen and and with a business client too because you know um you see with coaching you you are you don't tell somebody what to do you bring it out of them mm. To create that pathway with mentoring it is based on the fact that I have that level of experience and knowledge to share guidance um, so I do and from a marketing perspective you can offer guidance and and you know potential strategies and actions for them to move forward with and they might wobble and, and backtrack and not quite embrace what you were looking at doing with them and then you start to think oh my god this potentially is not going to get them where they want to be 
and then they just it's like a little bubble and it just and off they go and it all comes together and then because obviously you know with my business clients I track what they're doing online um, and obviously check in with them but mm. you can see it before you've checked in and you're like guys what are you doing that's amazing because yeah. they're, they're following the advice they you know and it's all come together I think so I think it's like with any journey you know if you've seen that diagram where it's like you think it starts at the bottom and it goes up in a in a line but actually it starts at the bottom goes up does a little bit of a squiggle <laughs> drives along for a little bit goes up comes back down a bit more of a mess gets a bit more messy yeah. <laughs> and then it goes off again um and that is that is pretty much I think what the change and um, and sort of coaching and mentoring journey and transformation can be like yeah, yeah. <laughs> do you think there's any particularly per- particular personality type that is more receptive to your coaching or coaching in general the first thing that comes into my mind is you've got to have that little bit of a leap of faith so you will have done it before in something in your life before um you I, I call I say I work with leaders and those leaders can come in all shapes and sizes and forms but from a leader perspective they are waiting for somebody else to take them they're ready to step forward on their own yeah. and really embrace that journey mm. and and I think that's that's really my best interpretation of, of what they would have in common is that they're willing to stick themselves out there do something different that other people might not be doing. Um, it may feel scary. Um, it's quite unusual for people not to feel a little bit uneasy by it because mm. it's not natural for us to want somebody to help us grow. Mm. You know, and it's quite doesn't... a vulnerable thing, isn't it? It's because when you're talking about your, whether it's the, the mindset or the business side, you're, you're being very vulnerable with somebody who you've just met. Absolutely. And I think that's, um, I've always said throughout all of my work, I feel really, really honoured to work with my clients. Um, the, I've always been of a nature where I'm very confidential, high levels of integrity. I'm not a big shouter or yeah. look at me kind of, it's just, it's mm. just not who I am. Mm. But I... I found and I didn't realize until the holistic side of my journey that I was able to provide um, what I call like a safe space and environment where people really can be vulnerable. Mm. And actually the more that they're able to do that, the more actually, especially with the smaller like independent businesses that are setting up, you know, if you can really tap into your true source that stuff that nobody else, you know, forget mm. competition. It just doesn't exist mm. because you tap into your own vulnerabilities and you understand then what your, your audience have. And that's a whole different way to approach marketing. So, um, yeah, it's, 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 it is a, a brave, mm. um, a brave move to do but also the rewards are immense. And again, I say that from myself going through that journey several times, but watching my clients and you see the body language when they first start to work with me mm. to when they leave is, is just completely different. Yeah, no, that's, that's really, really positive. So why, why did you decide to become a coach? And is that something, you know, are you a natural teacher or did you have to learn, you know, did you have to learn your craft with that? So I think, yeah, that's, I, um, 
I started out in D, you know, obviously DGCSEs, and then it was like you are doing your A levels. Yeah. And um, so I I chose English sociology with a lot of resistance at the time from my dad, <laughs> and um, business studies because I was allowed to do that because potentially I could have a sensible career out of doing a business studies A level. The idea was that I would go to university because my dad and my mum and my sister didn't go. So that Mm. would be my turn to go. (laughs) Um, I didn't want to go. Mm. Um, So I had an agreement. I negotiated and I said, I'll do a HND for two years. If it works out well, I'll stay. Mm. But pretty much I'm coming home after two years. I ended up doing exceptionally well. Um, So I stayed for my degree. (laughs) And then I ended up staying, um, working in, staying in London and then I worked with a PR agency and did my CIM diploma so um I've kind of really um embraced the business side of things um because I studied business and marketing Mm. but what I did was that I enjoyed I had a real insight into people so Mm. my one of my um part-time jobs here before I went to uni was a toning table instructor you'd have to look it up because it's an age thing um but I, I did that. And then in London, I worked for, I won't say which company, but a very large utility company um, in customer services. Um, so obviously I was working with people and listening to quite difficult situations where their gas or electric had been switched off, for instance. Yeah. So that was quite an interesting when you're in your early 20s and stuff. And then um, I went into PR and then went into another job back up here in a publishing company and I was a manager so I was quite like you say the natural side of things mm. I've, I enjoy learning so I enjoy sharing yeah so I find that side of things quite easy and as I sort of developed I, I ended up in Cyprus as you do and I set up a team of 12 people in the telemarketing department so I taught them all how to do this stuff and it wasn't something that anybody showed me how to do it's how I learned and evolved to do Mm. and then when I came back to the UK um, and I was working um, with my little marketing sort of um, business at the at the beginning I um, I started I got approached to teach um, because I got a work I'd, I'd written a workshop for small business owners um, all about marketing and um, I got asked if I would teach uh, a series of workshops um, with a county council so I taught for about 18 months mm. um, various different business owners I absolutely loved it but all funding gets cut um, and that stopped and then various other things shifted and changes so I, I guess I do find teaching quite natural the coaching side of things I think came more from um, all of the team members that I had or have managed over the years they all used to say to me they found me very easy to relate to they Mm. found it easy to talk to me and knew that I wouldn't be like if they told me something perhaps that wasn't so positive about the business or how they felt about their job that I would allow them to say that but I would support them in the best way and obviously for the company so I was probably a bit more of a mediator um, and gave them that that space to be honest really mm. um, I think in one role I actually talked somebody out of their job because they clearly didn't want to be there so in a sense I guess I coached them out and I suggested other careers that might be more suitable for them and they were much much happier when they left 
Mm. Um, but yeah, and then obviously I, as a manager, I had coaching training because that was some of the things that was important. And then I naturally just thought, you know, I go on the NLP training and developed my coaching skills around that. Um, and I think because of the marketing mindset that I have, it's all about creating a vision, creating objectives, mm. creating strategies to get you there taking action, be responsible for the action and make sure it's aligned to what it is you want and then go and get the results. Yeah. And also the most important thing about it is measure it. Mm. And that's exactly what you do through a coaching process with yourself. Mm. You create a vision, you create awareness, you create strategies in order to get you there. Mm. You create action an aligned action. You go and get the results and then you reflect and review what you've done and adjust it. So then you can keep evolving as you move forward. So the development side of it is, is pretty much where I think my heart mm. sits within, within the whole journey of working with me. Yeah, and no, I think that's really great advice, actually. Um, I was thinking, when you, when you started your business, were you working full time? Um, no, I did the whole leap of faith thing. Okay how was that uh, I don't I, I do it a lot well I don't so much now because I'm a lot older and more wiser and sensible um <laughs> so I don't advise it to anybody okay well, that's I, good to know yeah I um I lived through an awful lot of big changes and I I made I made decisions very quickly and I leapt through things I was also in a fortunate position on one of the occasions um not in that I've got some inheritance so I had a buffer so financially so I always say to anyone if you're doing any of this stuff financially you've always got to make sure that your basic needs are fulfilled if they're not fulfilled you are not going to make a success of anything Mm -hmm. work on your groundwork work on your foundations then move forward so if that's transitioning between a part-time job or full-time job whichever way is easiest for you to do it make sure you've got the security because otherwise you'll just be so distracted by what you've not got. Um, and that, that's no good. It's no good for growth. It just doesn't work. So I was in that fortunate situation. How many months worth of expenses do you think somebody should have before they take that leap of faith to be safe? Depends on the business. It depends on what you're looking to do. Because the thing is, sometimes you can spend so much time waiting and preparing and planning that mm. actually by the time you get into it, you well, actually, if that's the case, it might not have been the right idea anyway. Um, but if you're, I mean, you know, when I moved abroad, um, I had three months to live off. Um, if, I hadn't, if I hadn't sorted myself out in three months, then it wasn't happening. And I think, in fact, you know, when you're running a business and you're self-employed, you've got, you've got to realise that there are going to be peaks and troughs in your income. Mm. And it does happen. It doesn't matter who tells you that doesn't happen. It does happen. But there are ways to stabilise it. But it just takes a little bit of growing to get onto that stabilisation. But it will happen and Mm. you will make a profit. But you need, yeah, you need to give yourself. You know, if you're in a a situation where you're in a full-time job now and you've got this amazing idea and you know you're going to go out there, either get some investment and start working on that Mm. or start saving. Mm. and just make sure you've got a little pot and start thinking about those costs think about you know what are the setup costs for your business you know and lots of people will waste a lot of time and money on various different things that I must have this and I must have that what do you actually need to set your business up Mm. because sometimes you don't need all of the things you think you need and you can have them later 
So yeah, it's um, it's it's working out uh, exactly what it is you're doing. I would say depending on how much you you saved. Yeah, and do you, did you have any um, particular setup costs with your coaching business? No, you see, my business has evolved. You see, so because I work from home and literally I can do anything from my computer. So yeah. I invested in a Mac because they're fast and they work much quicker and intuitively with how I work. So that was my best investment. Um, And obviously broadband, that's pretty much all I need and a seat and a desk. Um, And off I go. So my costs um, and overhead costs are really quite low. Um, In terms of the therapy side of my business, obviously I had to buy equipment. So I had to get a couch and cleaning materials, blankets. Um, I ran a a holistic therapy. So I had massage clients as well. So I had all of the equipment that goes with that too. Um, Association fees. So again, insurance. (laughs) Don't forget insurance. I've always been insured. Even when I wasn't busy, I've always had insurance. Makes you sleep at night. Um, Be surprised at how many people don't. Mm. um so it's yeah definitely put that on top of your list yeah um but yeah for me yeah totally it wasn't a massive outlay but I my business um evolves I have different levels of income sources and streams um depending on the type of work that I'm doing Mm. so I'm in a probably at times a stronger position because I can draw up um through that particular revenue stream Mm -hmm. so i i I do what i've just suggested and make sure that you have a little bit tucked away um so that you can balance out the troughs when they happen yeah which unfortunately a lot of us are experiencing right now because the world changed a little bit oh yeah and no one could have (laughs) predicted it either could they (laughs) have you got any um particular pieces of advice for somebody who might be sat at work you know, hating their life, hating their job, but maybe they've got a little seed of an idea that they want to turn into a business. Have you got any particular pieces of advice for that person? First one is talk to somebody about the idea Mm -hmm. because the amount of people that I've met that have kept an idea in their head and for years and it's frustrated them because Mm -hmm. they don't know, basically... Um, we talk about you know you can set up a podcast but not know how to do the tech yeah you know or feel nervous about tech and or setting up a website but feel nervous about doing the upload stuff you know the, it's that block that actually that idea and talking to somebody who has experience of understanding what a launch can look like and have you got the research or just giving them pointers of what types of research to go and look for could be the difference that small investment of spending that time could be the difference between whether or not they're sitting on an idea that's worth taking action Mm. or actually going it's a great idea but I'm not going to do it now yeah the other thing that I would also say from more of a mindset and emotional health level is if you're sat at work and you're massively unhappy and I totally totally get that and one of the things that I'm quoted for saying is that I loved my work but work didn't love me and um it was the environment, it was the space, I felt claustrophobic and crushed. And if you spend every single day of your life like that, the one thing and the major piece of advice, which again, a lot of people might not like, is that you know life is ultimately massively precious mm. and you don't know how much you've got of it. Mm. So if there's something that you would rather be doing and you feel more drawn towards that, talk to somebody and start to take those steps. It does not happen overnight. It sounds like change happened really rapidly, but me talking today, 
I've, I spent 12, 13 years through a major, major shift. And obviously, I mean, the last six to eight years have probably been a little bit calmer. But those first, you know, four or five years were pretty... Mm. Whew, it was it was a lot going on and um but i did have people i could talk to i probably didn't know how much more i could have got support um whereas now i'm a lot more clued up on and actually i think the world's changed i think there's a lot more support out there for people with an idea for a business and also for people who are just generally not happy and want to change their career for instance there's mm. there is more support out there to people to talk to is there anything that you struggled with in particular when you set up your business and how did you overcome overcome those issues? Again, I think I was quite fortunate in that, you know, I come from a commercial background um, in terms of planning business strategies and, and objectives. So I knew how to come at my business in a realistic way. I knew how to work out the, the numbers. There were some uncomfortable points where, I, you know, I went to see an accountant because I did originally set up a limited company when I started um, my first business. Um, and I was so excited because the accountants gave me such amazing feedback on my, my forecasts and my planning. And I was like, yes, this is great. <laughs> um, but, you know, that business didn't work out the way I intended at all. It ended up being a book. It really wasn't on my radar. Yeah. Um, but the I say, you know, the numbers aren't. I can work my numbers out and I enjoy, you know, enjoy forecasting because you get an idea of what's going forward. But, you know, doing the, the accountancy side of things. So just outsource it. Anything that I, I'm not somebody who sits and struggles. Mm-hmm. Um, so don't sit and struggle. If there's, if you know that numbers aren't your great point, get a bookkeeper, get an accountant. Um, if you're worried about tech, um, get a virtual assistant or, find somebody um a web developer who can sort you out with your website but the virtual assistants nowadays tend to be quite clued up on um basic tech stuff so it's really worth looking them up to but don't struggle and budget budget for that support if you need it or go and learn it and Mm. that's one of the other things is you know if you haven't got all the resources you need then go get them if you have to outsource them outsource them otherwise learn them but um i'm quite geeky (laughs) (laughs) so I wanted to learn more about um like the SEO side of things so I think my biggest thing actually so 2012 I made a really big SEO error um but obviously very different to what SEO is now um but I learned more about SEO Mm. to be able to make sure that I didn't make that error again but Um, it's almost like that error was probably a blessing in disguise because you never would have if you hadn't made that mistake, you never would have learned from it. Yeah. Exactly. And, and that is one of the other things is that, you know, that's why you need the mindset mm. um, to be able to do, you know, you've got to get up and show up every single day. Yeah. And it's your, because and I think this, you, you asked and you said that this is about people who love their business. You know, there's been times when you, when you wake up in the morning and then find out that, you know, your one-to-one in-person clients can no longer come in your door anymore. Mm. And that's, you know, and if they're not, they're not used to coming online or they're not quite comfortable or I'll wait a little bit, you know, there's loads of businesses out there that have had a lot of income just completely stripped away. Mm. You've got to still be able to get up in the morning. You can't just go back to bed and put the (laughs) duvet over you. It's like, 
you've still got a business mm. you've still got that for me still having that passion to go out there and you know I, I spent the first few weeks of um the the big sort of lockdown helping uh, several of my clients really really max up their business shift stuff so that they could keep bringing money in mm. so that they would get through because it wasn't just for them it was for their staff as well because some of them you know have employees so yeah you've got to have the right mindset to really really pull yourself through and I think I I had that I've done the work on that before mm. I really really got into this but everything as you've you've heard is like in a big pot of my life and that's what I share so I'm really massively passionate about it yeah do you have um people around you who are you know really supportive and do you I guess the question that I'm asking is what happens when the coach needs coaching (laughs) do you have a, a you know a community of people that you can go to um for your own coaching yeah, and they're never the people that people think that you're talking to, which yeah. is brilliant. So um, I have a coach, um, but I knew them in a very bizarre way, uh, but they don't live anywhere near me. So any work that I do with them tends to be remote. Or I, years ago, I've, I've been down to visit them because they're about seven hours away. So um, it's quite a bit of a trek to yeah. go. It's a bit of a retreat, yeah. <laughs> really, to go. Um, they're there as my oh what's the best word it's not necessarily about business they are there for me so any big change work that I know needs to happen mm. that, without question I just go to them um because I know that they can help me create that change within me from a business side of things um I and unsupposed emotional I've, I've met people on mentoring courses that I've been on or mentoring groups that I've been in um, and I try to look for stuff that other people I know aren't in because I feel like you need to learn from people that aren't around you because yeah. if they're around you, what are you learning? Mm. So that's new and especially locational wise as well. So I, I look to, I look for that different space. Um, and I've actually met some amazing people um, through my early days of, of Be Life Happy, but also um, more recently through some of my, because I've been learning a lot more about sort of like online courses and programs and, um, you know, just I'm a marketeer, but packaging and, and, and services of products are, are very, very different to how they were years ago. So it's um, it's been interesting to meet some of the people I have, but I've got a handful of go-to people um, that actually I haven't even met in person. And yeah. I've just actually, before I jumped on here, I messaged one. We've been writing to each other for oh, nearly two years. <laughs> We've been through some immense stuff in our lives. Um, and we've never, ever met or spoken on the phone. It's crazy, isn't it? How you can have that much of a connection with somebody that you've never, yeah, never spoken to. We totally like, they work with energy work and run a business as well. Um, in a different part of the UK, uh, we've got probably quite different life, um, interests as well. Some similar, um, but we can reach out to each other any day, any time of the day and just send a message and go, this has happened. And we'll just have each other totally there in that space and sort of like, help each other through. And that could be a business query. It could be a, a personal self stuff. And it's, yeah, it's brilliant. It, yeah. And then, but on the day to day stuff, I, I, very grateful I was single for an awful lot of my life um I met my husband eight years ago this year and we've been married for six years 
and he isn't you know he doesn't run a business he's Mm. he's an employed person he has been for 25 years um very very different outlook and perspectives but 100 percent supports everything that i do Mm. um and i think that makes a massive difference yeah Uh, doesn't judge um will sometimes if i ask um for advice will sometimes give an opinion you like I don't know if I wanted that one, <laughs> but it's always the insight that you needed. Mm. So I think I'm very fortunate that way. And also a marketer, so that helps. So you understand yeah. part of that. And then a best friend who um, is in a, she changed careers, was originally in marketing, but changed careers, works in a very different, or she works in the public sector now. And I can, if I'm in, if I'm in a, in a situation where I, I can't work the answer out, it will normally be around business. Um, I can ask her and she's, she'll give me the, a viewpoint that I won't have considered. So I think it's not about the quantity of the people out there. Mm. It's the quality and not necessarily that they all know each other, mm. but they, they understand elements of you um, that will help support you. And there will always, always be somebody who thinks you're crazy for doing it, you should get a proper job, mm. why can't you just do things like everybody else? Yeah. Did, did you have them. those? Did you have those people in your life? I, I had some people that couldn't understand why I was maybe trying to make my life a little bit more difficult. Mm. But at the same time, I also had, my, my sister was, um, she was a business owner, she owned a hairdressing salon for many years, and then she went self-employed. Um, and my brother-in-law is also uh, a business owner. Okay. So um, between us all of similar-ish ages, um, it was quite nice for me to join the club. Yeah. <laughs> um, so in our own little mindset, it's quite, it's, it it's, um, keeps you on your toes. Yeah. <laughs> Some people just don't like the instability of it, um, yeah. but you can create stability um but the instability is actually more of a challenge and fun when you've been doing it a while yeah I, I don't think we'd have it yeah. any other way no <laughs> what would you consider to be the biggest achievement in your career so far do you know uh, you see uh, it can only be my clients outcomes mm. and they're not mine does that make sense so I facilitate the space for them to create those outcomes yeah but I don't create those outcomes they create them but the outcomes wouldn't be there without your participation in it though absolutely so from from this perspective of that you know the greatest achievement is that you know I can I can sit and see how much their lives have evolved or their businesses have evolved and um, I take a lot of satisfaction and joy from from seeing that um and actually it sounds I've been able to shift and evolve my business three times in 10 years um in a in steering the direction quite Mm. it's like a big boat and you really it's really slow and hard but eventually you sit back and go here we are, we're back on track again. This is where I want to be. Mm. And I've just hit one of those points again on my third transition. Okay. And I have to say, I sat there and I was just like, oh my God, it's actually, we're here. Mm. I might have been here for a month or two or three, mm. but I'm actually sat in that new position um, mm. of, of where I'm going next um, mm. and sort of that 
the road ahead is exactly where I want to be. Mm-hmm. So do you plan these evolutions in your career or do they happen naturally? And do you have any sort of, you know, five, 10 year plan for your, your business? So when I started out, I used to write myself a good old marketing plan. So it's it fully detailed of what I was doing. Um, and as I've evolved, I think life, um, when you work in a, in the structure that I do, so I've made the decision that I don't want to work in an office and have employees. Yeah. Um, it's not the life path I want to go for. I'm very happy working for myself and, and, and that level of flexibility. Yeah. But um, I, so I have like life changes have, have occurred. And I said to myself in 2009 that in um, 10 years time, I wanted to be recognized for um, holistic wellness and and the coaching side of my work because I was already quite known in my area for the work I did in marketing so I used to work in exhibition and lead generation marketing so um, people kind of knew that I was was a bit of a giver her her something to work on she goes out there gets it Mm. Um, so I wanted to push that more into the self-development field and I think before, because I've just turned 43, um, so that would have been last year, yeah. So I, I'd already got that. I've been, I've been in loads of like, magazines, not like the Nationals or anything. I'm not particularly bothered about that, but it was just being recognised that I could be a go-to person for, for the self sort of journey mm-hmm. as such. But also that evolved again when I started to realise that my world was that I wanted to help people evolve their themselves and their businesses. And then last year, obviously I went through quite, um, you know, me and my, my sister were best friends as well, which is amazing. Mm. Um, and it was, it was, it was heartbreaking to see her go through what she did, but she still remains my sister mm. and we still talked about things. And obviously when she did pass, um, I probably went into a very deep reflection of life. Um, and I basically just one day it came to me was that this wasn't helping about helping people anymore. This was about helping people that help other people. Mm. So it was about shifting my my delivery and and literally as you you know that that elevation to teaching and sharing what I know. And I think that in itself led me to rebrand. Mm. Um, I reassessed my next ten years. So in 10 years, I'll be 53. <laughs> My dog will be 13. Oh, no. <laughs> and um, yeah, so I was like, what, what will that look like? So it's very much about that. As I said, I've steered my ship now onto that course. I started it last year. Um, I'm there now. Um, the foundations are all in place. I know what I want to achieve across. I've got three core service areas of my business. Um, I know what I want to achieve percentage-wise in each one. I know what that equates to in revenue. And off I go. Yeah. Um, I, I've got, I feel fortunate that um, for each particular area, I have business still, even though we were in this situation. Um, and obviously, it, I know some other business owners have said they feel quite guilty mm. because they were able to get business. But, you know, in the coming months, I see my business growing. Mm. Um, And that's because 
that passion's there it's aligned I know what I want to go out there and get so yeah if if what I'm on now continues for the next 10 years I'll be a very very happy lady oh that's really nice to hear thank you for coming on the podcast I really feel like we've just had a really great conversation I think people are going to get so many pieces of amazing advice from you so yeah I really want to thank you for coming on that was really really great well thank you very much for inviting me I really enjoyed it thank that's you. okay and um, where can people find you online um best place is um to get to know me better it's probably instagram and um i'm also on facebook i post quite a bit on there um and that's at emma lanigan um and i have a website um emmalanigan.com but um depending on when this goes out my new website will be out where are we in now probably early june Okay. my new website will be out but the other one still has information on but the new one just looks amazing yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's okay i'll have everything linked in the show notes below for anybody who wants to go and check out emma's content um yeah so thank you for thank you for listening Thank you so much for listening to the Inventor podcast. If you liked today's episode, you can subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. You can also connect with me on social media where I'm at the Inventor podcast. I would love to hear from you.